Welcome to the Lighthouse Experiment, a Freedom Center Church podcast. All right. Welcome back to the Lighthouse Experiment podcast. It's Jim Parkin here with my co-host and producer, Ashley Chandler, and our guest. It's your boy, Caleb Hubbard. What is up? <laughs> What's up? What's going on? Been a thank long time, man. I know. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, great. Thanks for having me, guys. You know, this is like to include the episodes you were on was before we were under FCC's blanket. So, yeah, you know, we're at like a hundred and something episodes now. It's awesome. It's really so, cool. So great to see what the Lighthouse Experiment has grown into. It's crazy. Because it's weird because it's been so long, man. But then at the same time, it seems like just a blink of the eye. And How many years are you guys at right now? When, when, did, when did the Lighthouse Experiment officially start? In two, uh, fall of 2017. 2017. So wow. it's been three and a half years. Almost four, approaching that four-year mark. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we started the podcast, we launched our first four episodes that December. So we've been doing the podcast about the same amount of time, which is a lot of why it started in the first place was to get the podcast out. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah. You know, it's funny too, before we went to Zoom, so what we would do is have a phone call. I'd be recording into like a audio file. Yeah. Or what is it called? Memos. Yeah, a voice memo, right? Yeah, and then I email Ashley the like the the file, then she put it together and put it out, and it sounded okay. Yeah, it worked for a minute. How audio been from Zoom? Has that been tough to adjust to? A little bit. I mean, just because the benefit to having the audio memo files were like you had separate files, so I could cut out if. I don't know. It was just easier to separate everybody's sound a little bit. There's benefits to that. But then I would have to make sure everything was lined up really good and there'd be a little bit of a delay over the phone. Gotcha. So, but now with the Zoom, if there's a little bit of the internet or something's a little bit, or if somebody's walking around their house with noise or their headphones, I mean, it's just you're reliant on how everybody's setup is. But I mean, right. we've always tried to be a very natural sound podcast anyways right so uh, overproduced yeah so it's right. it's been cool that we've been able to i mean really for such a low cost of our monthly zoom subscription to be able and we use GarageBand, which was on my computer already you know right. with right. most apple computers so i mean we've, <laughs> we've made it work so it's been cool so i mean we've had a couple of people ask us about podcasts and stuff i'm like it's way easier than you think the hardest part has been being consistent through all of the ups and downs, you know, that comes at you, you know, when you're doing something for four years. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Welcome back years later. I think you were on like season two, maybe (laughs) (laughs) however that goes anyway. So tonight for our listeners, what I want to do is talk about kind of the difference between profession and purpose Uh, As first responders, it's kind of, 
I think it doesn't happen by accident, whether that's police, fire, or EMS. You're, it's something that people are called into. People try to do it as just as a job, and then like nine out of ten times they fail. You know, and fail—that's that's strong language. It just doesn't work out for them, so they they move on to something else. But for people who are called to something and it's your purpose, you know, it's just a whole different ball game. There's like a uh, we did an episode with Chuck Kova a few weeks back and kind of what I was talking about, I mentioned there was when you're operating a purpose, it's like, you know, with what you're called to, everything just kind of flows and everything just moves for you. And and when you're not, sometimes it can be like the shopping cart with the one bad wheel. Like you'll get through life, but if you're, if you're not, if you haven't found that sweet spot, you know, it's, it's kind of difficult. It can be, it can be a rough go at it. So for me, you know, I'll speak for myself. I know that 2020 was a lot for the first responder world, you know, on all sorts of levels. But for me, it just kind of opened things up. You know, I'm a military guy, so I like that intensity a little bit. It made my heart happy when, when the, people started talking about being in a more combat posture as we geared up to protect people and take care of this um, virus that had come into the country. So for myself, it was exciting. It was like being back on deployment, you know? Um, And then we moved like into March last year, I believe. And then uh, the George Floyd, uh, situation happened and that kind of flipped everything on its head, you know, for the police as I guess would be expected. And then there's kind of like a trickle down effect for first responders. And then, so still, you know, I felt like I felt called to, you know, as I move into being a chaplain and stuff to watch out for people and kind of be there to answer questions and stuff like that, put this podcast out, keep people encouraged on the flip side, sometimes you could be called to something and your purpose could have been like in your situation, put on lock. Cause now you can't do what you're called to do for the exact same reason I can. And even more, you can't. So what I want to do tonight is kind of have you as best you can explain kind of how 2020 went for, for you. Yeah. So 2020 began, off with lots of big dreams and visions. You know, I feel like the joke at first was kind of like, all right, well, here comes all the pastor sermons on 2020 vision and yeah. oh, it's yep. going to be the year of vision and dreams. And, and uh, yeah, 2020 was, we had been living overseas for a year. And so we really felt like we were in a groove. We were in a rhythm and things were really starting to pick up because Culture shock when moving to a new place normally takes six months to a year to get over anyway. Culture shock is two weeks of like, oh, wow, the food's different and all these signs are different. No culture shock. There's like different stages and there's different periods. Like some one they call like negotiation. Really like the first six months is like the honeymoon stage where you're like you enjoy traffic, things that you normally wouldn't enjoy back home. But then so like a year in we're we're really like settled. We're like on the ground running and we feel like it's going to be awesome. And, uh, we 
had a retreat planned where we were going to go to Thailand for 10 days. And so we're like, okay, cool. We're, we're off of school right now. And so we go to Thailand. Um, and that's when we left Thailand, the next day, the country went on lockdown that we were in. No way. It was like 22nd of January. And then on January 23rd, total lockdown. So we knew like, we knew it was serious when we were leaving, but it wasn't like, oh, that big of a deal to where we, we maybe would have stayed had we realized the repercussions uh, of what was going to happen. But we're like, okay, well, we'll just go. This should blow over in a couple of weeks. The next day, the whole country gets locked down. Um, and it was a lockdown for two weeks. So like, okay, well, we're here for 10 days anyway. Let's see what happens. The 10 days are going by. And each and every day, we're looking at this graph that shows how many cases there were. And, you know, the colors they chose for coronavirus were not uh, mentally friendly. They were not <laughs> friendly to like my mental state, my stress levels. They were like dark reds and reds and you're just like death is everywhere. You, know, you guys know what I'm talking about. When it eventually oh, yeah. reached the States and it was like everything was red and scary and dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. It was really serious. But anyway, so we're watching this and every single day we're like starting to realize like, hey, we might not be going back to this country that we have me and my wife, I'm 31, Corey's 29. You know, so at the time uh, I was, when we moved there, I was 29. And so Corey's 27, we had a three and a one-year-old at the time. The trajectory of our lives was moving towards this. This is where we wanted to build our life. And so all of our stuff was there, but even at this time, like 2020 kind of like unraveled, like it did for so many other people for us. Right. Yeah. So like once we realized that we're not going back, home we're gonna have to fly back to the u.s we honestly thought like i remember telling our director like hey if we go home i'm not gonna go home for two weeks i want to be there for a month for my family i'm not gonna make them fly 30 hours home and then make them get back on a plane in two weeks and he said well caleb i uh think you're gonna be home for a little bit longer than a month and i was like nah i we're, we'll be home for a month that was right. everybody that was everybody matt it's gonna be a month or so we'll be good we were telling people that. So we got back home February 7th of 2020 back in the U S and, you know, lots of people were like, Hey, we want to hear about your experience overseas. So it was, it was fun. At first it was great because that purpose, Jim, that you're talking about, we actually got to share that purpose with a lot of people that had been wanting to hear about it. So we're sharing with people. It's exciting. And, you know, that was all through February. Uh, we were still dealing with this stress and anxiety of like, man, we don't know what's going on. And then it was like, what, March 17th here, right? March 17th, 18th, or 19th. I can't remember. Yep. The U.S. goes on lockdown. And we're like, well, what's going on? And then March right. 8th, the country we lived in uh, put out an order saying that foreigners were now banned uh, and could not return until further notice. So we're just kind of like, well, we're here. Um, there's nothing we can do about it now. And, uh, I would say to this day, so now, you know, now we're six months later and we've kind of just, ex we've just decided like there was this mental switch that had to happen where it was like, at first I'm like, okay, we're here for a month. We're here for another month. We're here for another month. We've just made the switch that like, okay, we're here in the U S for right now. Like there is no like more, I don't think we're going back next month or the month after that. It's kind of just like, we're here. We are here with purpose now. We will be for the next year, no matter what happens, like if the country opens up, we're here for the next year. And so that really helped my mental state, but we're still dealing with 
depression from it. Not like depression as in, you know, uh, you guys know there's different levels of depression, but like really when you feel like you've been robbed of a dream, yeah, you've lost a child, if you've ever had a miscarriage or things like that, mm-hmm. those things lost. That's what it really feels like is that we've lost something and we've really dealt with depression because of that. And at times it looks like eating a lot of food and binge watching movies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it manifests itself in different ways. Right. Right. That's oh. yeah, that's huge. You know what I mean? And then, yeah. So like what's weird is like as as I'm getting like for my 2020 as I'm kind of diving in and we would have the show every week and I would update on kind of what's going on, what it looks like, you know, even when it was at its worst. Like so for last year between people I knew personally and then just colleagues and stuff like that. Uh, right up until the end of December, 10 people that I knew passed away from this. Wow. And so it just, you know, and still even with that, I'm like, but it's, you know, this is where I am. This is, you know, this is, I love it. I'm not people dying and people being sick, but just kind of the intensity of it. Yeah. To where I find myself guilty at times of being like, I hope this doesn't go back to normal. You know what I mean? Like, I hope it doesn't turn out to where we're back to instead of running, you know, getting called out 12 or 13 times a shift where it's just like four. And we're just kind of sitting around wondering. If you're familiar with, they did a, a documentary, I think, in 2017 or 18 called Flint Town about the police department and yeah. kind of the state of the police department. Well, what's happened is now the EMS system in Genesee County and Flint is in that situation. There's just nobody coming in. Nobody wants to be EMTs and paramedics anymore. The ones that are in classes, their classes got postponed Mm. because there was no face-to-face learning. And so all the testing and all that stuff is on hold. So there's just like nobody. So now people are like actually waiting. Like you could legitimately call in this county for an ambulance and be told, well, as soon as one becomes available, we'll get them headed your way. Like, meanwhile, life, you know, life-threatening situation is happening. But just kind of the intensity of that, I was really thriving on. And to say that, that I will actually have days where I'm like, man, I hope this never ends. Even though, like, the healthy thing, obviously, is for it to end. It's just, it's very interesting to be, to see how different, like, for everybody. Like, even for you, Ashley, it was completely different last year than what we're talking about you know so for you how did how did it kind of 2020 shape up well (laughs) I feel like it was a combination of a couple things we had Isla in 2018 so we spent a whole year of new baby and number four and trying to acclimate to all that um and then 2019 we had job loss and Nick going through some health stuff and anxiety um, to finally come into like the beginning of 2020, like the same type of, we've got these great hopes and dreams. We feel like we're coming out of the woods, like God has done so much and he is so good and faithful, but this has been like a pressing season and we're ready to just kind of 
walk out into the open field and take a big breath type thing. And then everything starts shutting down. It's like, no, no, no. (laughs) I'm so excited to be a real person and like go do things and be normal and whatever. And so we go right back in. Like it really felt like March and April. I felt like I, I felt robbed. I felt like something got taken away from me. Um, But then at the same time, as a family, we were able to just kind of like hang tight a bit. And so the whole (laughs) getting out to go to dinner wasn't a big deal because you couldn't get out to go to dinner. And if you had anxiety, if one of us had anxiety to get out in the car and go somewhere, it didn't really matter because we were all home. (laughs) So in some ways, there was a lot less that got taken off of our plate and the pressure was taken off. And what could have been an easy situation for us to just kind of run out the door and get back to life too quickly is become a situation for us where God has now like gone a little deeper and gone a little deeper and gone a little deeper. And so what we thought was going to be like a little bump in the road has become a much longer process than we had anticipated. And so um, 2020 was really good for us. But it was an extension in some ways of a season that we were hoping to kind of quickly get out of a little bit faster than we did um, and are still walking through some things, you know. So it's been, it's one of those seasons where I wouldn't wish it away because God has been so faithful and so good because He always is. But when you see it and you experience it and then it, you have those aha moments where you really see what He's been doing and is doing, then you're like, this really sucks, but <laughs> I am, I love you so much more for what you continue to do. Um, and we know that God doesn't waste a thing. And so 2020 was something where I'm like, I can't hate this year. I can't be so eager to get through it when I know that my Heavenly Father doesn't waste a moment. And so I can't waste this. So it's been a really kind of dying to ourself season. But what we went through was no little thing, you know, and what we're still walking out, you know. So it's it's been it's been a minute. Yeah, it's good. So, Caleb, for you guys, is it like to kind of kind of kind of, I don't know, move forward with so much unknown? Yeah. Right. Like, how do you guys keep it together, man? Because that's impressive. Because I kind of like know I know what my week will look like. I know it's, I mean, the only thing that we have going that there's any level of unknown is, you know, we're going to start a church in our house and God will have that. So it may be sketchy, but (laughs) it'll be anointed. So it'll be all good. You're so cool about it, Jim. Every other week I'm like, this is amazing. And I'm terrified. (laughs) (laughs) But for just the, you know, those, those moments where God says no, or pause or whatever. Yeah. I think a lot of people really realized how much they had been skipping out on the Sabbath. In 20- Maybe not for you, Jim. So I know we're talking kind of like we have the dichotomy here. We have the people like me who came home and at first it was like busy because everybody wanted to talk. And then when quarantine hit for us, once we had switched those gears, we were still depressed, but me and Corey, actually we cherished quarantine because there wasn't, you couldn't be plagued with the swear word busy. Yeah. Right. My yeah. one friend, Trent, he says, most people really aren't busy. They're just bad with time management. And yeah. 
oh, I'm so busy. So I'm sorry not to get off track here, but we really enjoyed quarantine and we felt like that was a family sabbatical, like just time to really stop being so busy, stop like, you know, hang, spend some really precious time with family. And you guys know with kids and life period, uh, Jimmy talked about things wanting to go back to normal. Like for you, you don't want it to go back to normal. You're like, I hope this stays as the new normal, but like, you know, is missing out on the good old days. Like as your kids grow older and you're like, man, why didn't I enjoy two and four years old more? And yeah. Right. That time to really just enjoy it. So I think that really helped shape where I'm at right now is like, man, I do, I, I work really well when I have a goal in front of me. I, I do super well with that. For people who do know me, I am like really driven. And like, if, if I have a goal, like a race or uh, a language to learn or a test to take, I will work my butt off. And when I don't, I do the exact opposite. And I'm like eating potato chips on the couch, getting fat. You know what I'm saying? Like if I don't have yeah. a purpose and a goal to work towards, I just am lazy. I revert to like laziness. I am, I am a go-getter, but I'm also a, a not go-getter and sit on the couch. So, so for purpose thinking, like moving forward, it's really just trying to remember that like, Hey man, today has enough trouble of its own, Caleb. Like, let's just continue to live in that mindset of quarantine with my family, but I'm still working towards things in the future. Uh, we know what our purpose is. We know what our purpose is and what our future is. I do have things that I have to work on. I'm currently working on a bachelor's degree. Uh, so awesome. I, I, I have that's to cool. work on that. So that, that's good to keep me busy. But it's also, once again, it's, I got to keep reminding myself, like, even though the future is unclear, Caleb, you have to get this done. Yeah. Like, there's no date right. you have to get it done by. <laughs> there's the, the, the hard part for the person that's like, just sit on the couch and do nothing, you know, instead right. of like date where it's like oh the bike race or the whatever the the tournament or whatever it is is this date so then you have something to prepare for i have to to keep my mindset just like hey enjoy today you're never going to get it back you never know what the future is going to look like um you know thinking about those good old days like hey when will things return back to normal what if normal never comes back might not ever god's doing a new thing so yeah trying to live in today enjoy it and uh move forward one step at a time. I don't know if that's too simple of an answer or no, no. But and and like, as a kind of like a caveat, I like, like the intensity of it, like Wednesday through Saturday when I'm like, we'll say deployed into my shift, into my work zone. Yeah. But Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I fully see, I fully embrace what you're saying about just enjoying that kind of, there's nowhere really to go. Yeah. The kids are doing a lot of school at home. Now they're starting to go a couple of days a week and stuff, but just being here and shutting down and not really thinking about like, I don't have what I had to do kind of for my mental health was I don't get any information from work when I'm not at work because yeah. they have us on, they had yeah. us on this tech service. I don't need to know what's going on with these three ambulances Sunday through it's like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Right. I can't do anything for it. I'm not going to go in and do anything for it. So I don't need to know, you know what I mean? So I have to shut that down. But man, like when I go into service, those four days, like it's, it's all in, but that's also 
kind of something you have to learn in the process of growing up in this, this kind of work field is to have different compartments and boxes to put stuff in Yeah, because you have to be able to like, well, I think we're going to do an episode later, like down the road on this, but like, I have to be able to go from a situation where it was, we did everything we could for this person and they died and it was terrible. And then I go clean up the rig, go home and come in and Griffin wants to talk about WWE. And I'm what just happened 30 minutes ago Yeah, where it looked like a crime scene that's out the window. Now we're not, we aren't thinking about that now. Now we're here to be able to, to be able to handle that and flip that switch on and off. And you have to be intentional about it. Yeah, exactly. You have to pray on the way home. You have to physically shut that down. If that means I sit in the truck for a minute, when I pull in the driveway, if I sit there and decompress for a hot second, but I'm not perfect at that. So there's also times when I've come in and there's just so much there's, and it's just kids being kids and just family noise. You know, Caleb, you got two boys. I know you know. It's just loud and they're just doing their thing and there's yeah. no big deal. They're just doing their thing. But you can come in and it's just too much. You know, so you, maybe I got to walk back outside, <laughs> you know, right. and stand there for a second. And like you said, Ashley, you have to be able to be intentional. Yeah. So, um, so like for, for our listeners, like who you're, who you're talking to primarily are all people that are in either the EMS community or they work in the emergency room or, you know, a handful of firefighters and and police officers. So what kind of words of encouragement would you have for someone who's done, you know, done what you guys have done, went from like being saved, being in the church, you know, doing that. Because for me, I guess kind of to paint the picture is why people, I've had a lot of success, not success so much, but a lot of opportunity to talk to people I work with is because kind of the recognition of church world and real world. Right. While it's the same, it's different. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. So, you know, from, from working with youth to then not and leaving that and kind of going out and working abroad. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think this has been a very interesting time to be home. Um, Beyond COVID, there's been a lot of social issues. I was really looking forward to not being in the U.S. during the presidential election because, you know, it's it wasn't even just like a feeling about candidates or anything like that, but just really how brutal everybody is with each other. And then so to think about right now with attitudes towards police officers man it feels like there can be no in between like there uh, maybe there are a lot more people who are kind of like in between like hey i see what's happening over here why this side feels this way and i see why this side feels this way you know as, as being like hey i'm able to identify with both as opposed to just saying no i'm i'm the thin blue line or you know you're on the other side that's like defund the police it's kind of like whoa like wow such extremes, but, uh, I feel like there's just a lot of disrespect in our country right now. Uh, maybe I'm making a broad generalization. Maybe you guys see something different. Um, but I would say that there's really a lack of respect for the years that have been put in 
to research for some, for like the people who work in the medical field to all of a sudden be told that they're wrong because of Facebook and Google, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like for yeah, example, it makes absolute sense. Like, you know, Jim, you, you deal with this every single day, but then you got people that are coming up to you and, and maybe they're like, you shouldn't wear a mask or, or maybe they're the opposite, like mask up. I, I I'm, I'm trying to be sensitive to both right now, but yeah. you know, it's, it's cause I understand why these people are scared and saying, Hey, we shouldn't wear masks, but I, but it's more like, yeah, but these are the medical experts. They're the right. ones who spent 15 years of their life in med school and, and residency and all these things are, or, you know, Jim, you've devoted your life to helping people. You're the one who's held people's hands as they passed away from COVID. And then to say to somebody, you know, uh, you're just trying to control me. You want me to wear a mask or the vaccines. It's a, it's the mark of the beast. That's ridiculous. Um, so I, I really feel like there's just a lack of respect and also civil discourse. Right. What happened to civil discourse in our society? Um, Maybe I'm going on a tangent here, but whatever. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> no, no, no. I think well, it would do a lot of good for people today to sit down with the person in the inner city who feels slighted by the police, uh, uh, who feels um, targeted by the police, to sit down with the uh, police officer and have civil discourse. And that meaning that I'm looking to gain understanding and actually learn and grow as opposed to impose my will on this person, right. impose my viewpoint on this person. We do really well for the, the Democrat and the Republican to sit down and, and, and talk about these things to like really learn from each other. Um, and, and I think it would do really well for people to sit down with a doctor, with a nurse, with an EMS person and really just ask them like about how their life, like what's going on? How has the past six months been for you? Um, you know, there's been a lot of like outward care, if that makes sense. There's been like the yard signs and the, you know, Hey, right. you're, you're the real heroes during the season, but like, man, let's really talk about this. Cause, um, I could imagine that there's an intense level of stress right now, an intense level of depression. Yeah. Um, an intense level of exhaustion because while all of us that had quarantine, we were able to experience that rest and that Sabbath. They did not get to experience that. They were, uh, they had extremely intense. You know, I know Jim, you said that you liked it, but what about the person who feels like they haven't seen their family and right. relationship with the family is now strained, uh, man. Like I think it would do well for like, how can we help you? The average citizen walking right. around what, so maybe, maybe that's a good question, Jim, to ask you is like, what do you feel um, like people like me can do? Like, even though in this season, I, I feel like my purpose is, is to be at home with my family right now, continue working on my bachelor's degree. What are some things that people that are just living everyday life can do to show police, EMS, doctors, nurses, uh, the first responders, the first line people, how can we help and show that you guys are respected? and cared about and your job is important to me. Um, I think that, that most of us know that really we're still respected and really, you know, that, that people understand. Um, I think that in this past, especially last year, um, I've been asked this a lot and I think that a lot of it is just people that's their only outlet. 
So they're stuck at home. It is scary. What's going to get shut down next? You know, what about all these small businesses and all this other stuff? Like, what are they trying to do to us? All the questions that are good questions, like this doctor here, you know, on Monday said to wear a mask, but on Tuesday he said not to, but then on Wednesday he said you should. And then, you know, you see what I mean? It just keeps, so it's, it's hard to wrap your head around what's really going on. And there's no other release because you can't go to the gym and work out. Now you're stuck at home. Now you don't know where your paycheck's coming. Maybe you got laid off. So a lot of it, I would, in my opinion, like I would say 75 to 80% of what we see on social media is just, that's all, that's people's, that's where they're releasing. That's where they're blowing off steam. So has it been frustrating for me personally? Yeah. But, you know, I have also a core group of people, Ashley being one of them, that I can just vent to, that I can say, this is absolute nonsense. That's, you know, I think that just, just telling people thanks, I'll go so far as to say it's very awkward when someone says, thank you for your service for me. I'm like, er, uh, <laughs> like, cool. Yeah. You know, um, my partner and I currently have taken to using the uh, Chick-fil-A response and just saying our pleasure. I think for some people it's been super hard to, to be beat up, you know, for people just getting into like being a police officer, just coming out of the Academy to into a job where everybody, you know, to hate the police is kind of trending, yep. you know, it's, it's rough for, for those guys, you know, for new EMTs and paramedics, it's who've never been experienced anything. Well, none of us really had, but for it to be the first thing they do, get a license, global pandemic, you know, I think it's for them, it's been much harder but as far as what, what can the general public do, just, I would say, just take, take some time. We say, think about what you think, think about what you think about. Sometimes I'll post that as a hashtag, but I would maybe go so far as to say, think about what you post about. Yeah. You know, because it's cool. I understand. I understand people who don't believe the vaccine is, is, is something they should get. And for, it's not for everybody. As somebody who took, I've, I'm fully, fully vaccinated now. It's supposed to be working and stuff because it's been, I'm 14 or like 20 days past my second dose. But, but if, if you're not going to be right around people in a, like a high volume of people, maybe wait, you know, maybe wait a while and see how it all pans out. Yeah. You know, you know, Jim, I, think, I mentioned something that's good though, having people that, have a frame of reference for what life is like for you. And I think that's interesting because one thing that we did experience when we came back home was that there were a lot of people don't really care. And I think most people, um, at least it seemed in our culture, the U S culture there, I would say, I know this is a general generalization here, but we do suffer with narcissism. Um, we like to think about ourselves much higher than like we put ourselves much higher above the other, above other people. So they don't really care about your profession or what you do. So like we did find like when we came home, people were interested in, in what we had done in, in life, but it was kind of like 
they like looked at their watch after you're talking for a few minutes. They're like, how long is this going to take? <laughs> you know, I can pretend right. like I'm interested for about 15 minutes. And that's not everybody. But when you say that that's kind of true, like people, they, they kind of, they, they don't really care what you do, but the people who have done it, who have been there, who have been a part of it, like they, they share that experience. And so right. have a, a framework to like put that into, to, talk about that with to like to cry with you about it, to laugh with you about it, the things that nobody else will get. And right. uh, yeah, we, we experience that in a way where it's like, wow, nobody really gets this. And you know, a lot of people in world war one, when they came home, uh, especially in Britain, they experienced this because nobody, they just expected them to drop the war when it was over. Mm. Right. Yeah all these people were just outcasts and weird to them. And they had a really hard time coming back into society. I would so say kind of with that same idea in a way, I think that Jim has helped Nick and I navigate last year much better because we had his frame of reference. Yeah. You know, we were able, and I, <laughs> I know Jim, there were times where he, like, he'd be like, I'm so sick of people asking me questions. I'm asking, I'm sick right. of people coming to me. All what the was time. it? I said that in your kitchen. I got yeah. super frustrated and I said, you know what? I am sick and tired of the same five conversations. <laughs> and then in the same same breath, I'm like, I am so sorry. <laughs> like, because we're one of those folks, you know? But it's, right. it's, that, it's that balance between, like, he's so trusted in this community. And there's a weight to that. You know, there's a responsibility that's on his shoulders, you know? But on the other hand, it's like, I think some of the things that we've discussed over time, like the Chandlers who have never served in the military, who have never served in first response, who aren't even in the medical field. Like we have no, I mean, we have family members that have, um, but we kind of help ground them in a different way too. And so we need both sides of that. So I I think in a lot of that same way, I, I don't, I, I think both the Chandlers and the Parkins navigated 2020 better because we had such opposite experiences to be connected with. And I think that's a lot of what you're saying. And I, and I 100%. Right. Yeah. And that's, well, that's a big with the, the lighthouse experiment with the whole idea of it, the big, like 50% of it was to have people that don't do, aren't veterans, aren't first responders to kind of bridge that gap. So that's been super important into, into how we've moved forward. People have lost a tremendous amount during this season. So that's the one thing that I think is really important when going back to saying that we're all narcissists. I, I don't think everybody's a narcissist, but I saw it in my own life when I was placed in a different culture that is more collectivist, much more collectivist. And the U.S. is individual, uh, focuses, focuses more on the individual. So I noticed that I'm more of a narcissist. So I think we just really need to start like looking at everybody's like their pain and not minimizing it because this person over here had a lot. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, and and it's okay to, to say those things. Like instead of being like, Hey, well, at least I didn't die from COVID. Like, yeah, for sure. Thank God. And, uh, you know, we did lose a family member during this season and that was really hard. Um, my grandmother passed away and she had said to, uh, my aunt, why am I dying alone? Why aren't you guys coming to see me? Because she didn't, think, she just didn't understand coronavirus. Right. It's extremely difficult, uh, you know. But but to not minimize the depression or things that you're suffering, um, and for and then to minimize other people's, be like, well, 
you know, I had it much worse than you because I did this, this, and this, but you know, yeah. so for us, like one of the things we felt was like, man, we didn't get to say, say goodbye to our friends. Still to this day, my one friend jokes with me and he's like, if you would have only not gone to, not gone to Thailand, you would still be here with me. So, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. And I think to the takeaway, we'll kind of start to land a plane here. Um, and kind of by that, I mean, what we'll do is I'll have kind of like a final thought and stuff like that. So I think a takeaway from this episode is that just like everybody is, is, has good days and bad days. Everybody's got pain. And I think a, a good word to use would be grace, you know, and, and just, we just have grace for people because like everyone's going through it in whatever level and whatever degrees and whatever different, you know, just to, to show grace and allow for all the different nuances of how 2020 affected people. And as it rolls into to 21, it wasn't like it was going to magically, the clock would strike midnight and everything was going to be all good, you know? So I think, I think the big thing is to, for my fellow paramedics and EMTs, like every single time we show up at someone's door, it's their worst moment. However insignificant it might seem to us for them, they dialed up nine one one. So it's their worst, it's the worst time in their life. You know, I mean, there's nuances to that too. So just to allow for that, to allow for people to have pain and feel a certain way about things and, and not just impose, you said earlier, impose our will or our beliefs or our frame of reference on what everyone else is going through. Ashley, hit us with some wisdom. Collecting my thoughts. Um, It was really encouraging tonight to have you share that in your own way you've you've there's things and dreams and stuff that that grieving process that that pain that you're still letting God wrestle through with you um in a way that's encouraging to me because I think that as as much as like Jim what you were saying we want to hurry up and and get on with the new year it's impossible to do that in some ways, because we're still, it's still that process. You can't just walk in the door and have everything behind you be done, you know, but at the same time, you know, Paul says, I press on, I, you know, instead of looking back, I press on towards the upward call of Christ, you know, to everything that he's called us to. And so there's, there's this balance between being okay to process what we've been through, being very present. And at the same time, being very active and being preparing and ready for what's coming to like all three of those spaces, but not getting stuck in one too much. Um, I don't know. I think part of it is just that grace. I continue to be so blown away at how much God continues to orchestrate. Like I, I think I keep putting him in a box. Like when I don't see and know exactly what he's doing, my default almost is that I just assume he's doing nothing. And that's from an orphan mentality of just where I've come from. And so he's teaching me, no, Ashley, I'm right here with you. I've gone before you and you don't see the whole picture, but I need you to just have faith and trust me and be obedient with what I've asked you to do right now in this moment. And so I think that when we have that purpose, 
there is a flow to that, like what you said in the very beginning, Jim, but it, but it's still sacrificial. It's still, we're still putting our desires and a lot of our wants and those narcissistic, like me comes first. We're putting that on the altar and we're giving that up so that Jesus is our Lord, not just our savior, but he's our Lord and our master and, and our father and our friend and all those deep capacities, how he like goes deeper and deeper. So, um, just be patient in that process. Give yourself grace. God gives you so much grace and he continues to walk with you and he's right there, like wanting to do every moment with you. So just keep taking, keep taking one, one day at a time. I guess that's all, all I have. Caleb. All right, man. Bring it home. Bring it home. Yeah. You know, tomorrow's not promised. We all know that but it's really easy to not live like that. My friend Jerome always says, live each day like the last, but prepare for forever. Yeah. He's coming back, you know? And so, um, Ashley, you just said it and Jim, you were talking about it. So I just think living each moment with grace. And the only way we can do that is when we're living with God's grace in our life. Um, God's forgiveness is we forgive other people, um, and really, like, there's there's no way that we can do it on our own. And there's no way. You, know, you may be able to fabricate it for a couple days, couple weeks, couple months. But you'll never be able to live out God's grace in your life with without it, without it coming from him first. Right. You'll never know what it's like to really cherish each moment of the day until you're really walking with Jesus. You know, when you're just like, bam, bam, like things, life's just going like this. And you never ha- take time. There's a reason Jesus walked everywhere. He could have. There was other modes of travel <laughs> everywhere. He was taking his time, you know? So I think, and, but so for the people who can't take their time though, you, you got to find out how to be intentional. Like Jim and, and Ashley were talking about be intentional about those moments and see how God has orchestrated each of those moments. There are no small moments to God. It all matters. It all matters. No matter, matter how small it seems to us, or how big it seems to us, it's it's not impossible for God. So just living intentional in those moments each day, cherishing the people God has put in your life and uh, showing grace to those around you. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Caleb. Absolutely. All right, guys. See ya. See ya. That was cool. That was fun. That was super cool. I'm still recording. We're still have to say goodbye, everybody, on the podcast, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is how we do, folks. This is how we do sometimes. Yeah. All right, man. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed that. That is one of the coolest dudes I know, hands down. So keep looking for us on Instagram and Facebook. If you're on Instagram and Facebook, I know. Just look for the podcast. That's all you need to be on. There you go. There you go. Every Thursday morning, we'll put it up. Forget the rest of the week. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. all I got. Be blessed, everybody. Peace. Peace.